The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald. Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we are catching up with Phil Crabb, director of Aura Gold. It's listed under the code OAU or Oscar Golfer Uniform. It's currently trading at 2.6 cents for a market cap of about $16 million and has gold in the Murchison as its focus. It's currently trading at 2.6 cents for a market cap of about $16 million and has gold in the Murchison as its focus. Up until March, Aura was known as Thundalara, which had some interesting times in uranium exploration. More on that later. But first, I'll say good day to Phil and welcome him to the show. Thank you, thank you, Barry, and um, I'm happy to be on uh, on here uh, discussing the uh, my life and the company's projects. Fantastic. Now, Phil, I'm sure you won't mind me calling you a veteran of the industry. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. So I was hoping uh, we, we could perhaps start out with, uh, you are originally, I think you were born in Kalgoorlie to a, a Kalgoorlie family, as it were. So can you just touch on your uh, growing up in Kalgoorlie back in the, presumably, what, the 40s and um, how, that, how the town might have changed and what your connection ongoing with Kalgoorlie is? Well, the thing was, I was born in uh, Kalgoorlie uh, right at the beginning of the war on the 10th of June, 1940. So that was the day that... Uh, uh, Mussolini declared war on the Allies, so I've got a pretty strong connection and memories of the war years, particularly the, the last couple. Um, my father, who was an officer in the second AIF, returned in 19, or was discharged in 1946, and in 1947 we actually moved to Harvey in the southwest uh, because of the work situation. Um, I've returned to Cowgirlie many times since. I've not lived there, but I've returned there many times since, and uh, had much to do with the mineral industry and gold mining in the Kalgoorlie region, Norseman, Southern Cross, Marvel Lock, Black Flag, etc. So I have some rich memories of uh, Kalgoorlie and uh, I even raced a few horses there with my wife and we had a little bit of success just as a hobby. So I have some very fond memories of Kalgoorlie. Okay. Uh, apparently you were a handy footballer in the day, uh, almost good enough to come and play AFL, but you wanted to stay home at with mum, I've been told. Is that true? No, what happened was I played in the... Um, I had, my first job I ever got was in in the bank, the National Bank, and, of course, they transferred you all over the place, and I was transferred to a place called Calabera, and I played in the East Avon Association, and uh, I did pretty well as a footballer there, and they sent me to Claremont, but unfortunately um, I was playing uh, reserve seconds, and I got a badly ruptured kidney uh, which uh, hospitalised me and they were going to take it out. Uh, so that put paid to my uh, career. I later went and played for South Bunbury in the South West National Football League and had a great career with them and was ultimately president of that um, uh, that club. And I've had a long connection with them. I was uh, number one ticket holder up until this year for nearly 50 years and I also made a, a donation of a big trophy for 50 years there. So I've had a 
still got a very strong connection, not only with Kalgoorlie, but with uh, with uh, Bunbury as well, or the Bunbury area as well. Mm, okay. Now, talking about trophies, I see that you're on the honours uh, honour roll there at Diggers and Dealers. I think it was, was it 1992, Entrepreneur of the Year? Yes, I won Entrepreneur of the Year because in that year, the previous year, we had a float called Gascoigne Gold, and it was the only float that year. It was the only gold mining float that year, and it was an extremely successful company, and it was uh, uh, taken over by Sons of Gawlia and Kurdi Lean Mines of... Uh, Idaho, in, or not Idaho, of uh, uh, whatever state it was, in uh, Washington state, I think, and uh, it was taken over for $2.30. But it paid about six or seven dividends as well, so it was a very good company, and uh, we did quite well out of that. Mm. Um, and that, so they, I, they, I got a bit of a surprise, actually. So that year, uh, I won Entrepreneur of the Year, and I remember the night, actually, it was a freezing cold night, and I had a couple of beers, and I remember them uh, saying that I'd won it all, and they invited me up the stage to say a few words. So it was a great uh, occasion for me. Yeah. Now, as you might be aware, I've uh, actually picked the media award up at Diggers twice, and I was just wondering, you plan to pick up yeah, the I've, I've, award again? <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. I, uh, I've certainly put a bit of effort into our latest discovery, and uh, I take a fair amount of credit for what that's uh, occurred there. So you never know. I'm getting on a bit though now. I'm 79 now, so I've no time to give it away. But uh, uh, I enjoy uh, I enjoy prospecting and the uh, and the latest uh, techniques for uh, exploration. I think they're, they're great. Mm. Now you're well known for your philanthropy. Uh, important to you that people put back? Yes, I've donated a lot of the money that I've made, and my wife and I have donated a fair bit of the money we've made back to um, a charity, particularly cancer. And Crawford Lodge, I was chairman of the uh, of the committee that raised the money for Crawford Lodge. And you can see that down at Monash Avenue now. I'm quite proud of that. That was quite a few dollars. And then Badia Self-Help and Awareness, which was uh, founded by a doctor and a psychologist and uh, run a very, very good organisation, which helped a lot of people. Uh, uh, that was put up a big building in... Uh, in Gitchigan of WA. Unfortunately, the doctor passed on and a lot of the uh, uh, volunteers were um, uh, too old to carry on. So that beautiful establishment was sold and we donated the money to a, a new uh, foundation being set up at uh, Pinjarra, which is uh, attitudinal mm. awareness. So that's good. Yeah, nice stuff. Now, Phil, um, you're uh, unusual in uh, in ASX terms is we we talk about entrepreneurs in the mining sector, but a lot of them don't have a, a big equity position in the, the companies that they're involved with. Like you apparently have 12, 12.5% of Aura. Uh, do you think that it's important to have skin in the game? Oh, yes. It makes you very aware of what's going on. And uh, uh, I just recently, um, I probably from the Stock Exchange releases, you can see where I put an extra $2 million into uh, Thunderlara, but I wouldn't have done that unless I thought that uh, our gold mining venture, which is uh, underway right now, wouldn't repay that and also give us a handsome return for the company. So I believe uh, in having a, a big shareholding in the company and uh, from that you get a, a good group of followers that stick with you behind, behind it. And I have met with a lot of success. I've had some failures too, of course, but I have met with a lot of success by, uh, by taking that attitude all the way through my career. Mm. Uh, some of your uh, others on the register, they you, you say they've uh, followed you on the 
on the journey over the years. Are there, I guess the point I'm making, though, is that you've had a, what, a loyal following, the shareholders? Oh, yeah, very, very loyal following. The ups and downs and, and the the fact that the share price has been, you know, we've had our share price up to a dollar in Thundalara and now we've had it down as low as a cent and a half. But And uh, we've had some tough times and some good times with the people have stuck with me with the tough times and put up some more money on it, provided the venture was right. And uh, I like to think ultimately they'll be rewarded for it. Mm. It's uh, not like not like racehorses where you, once they pass the post, you tear the ticket up. In the, in the public uh, in the public company exploration game, you've always got a chance in the next uh, the next round of the course that something else might pop up. Mm. Now we're obviously in the midst of spring racing carnival on the eastern states <laughs> and uh, yeah. lots of racing over in uh, WA, of course. Uh, what yeah, was the uh, what was the best horse you had? Uh, oh, without doubt, the best horse we had was Blinded. Uh, mm. Blinded, it was a very good horse. Um, uh, won a couple of big races here in Perth. He was a fantastic race horse. And uh, I had uh, uh, Lying Eyes, he was a good horse. I had Miss Hurry Khan, she won some races here in Perth. Um, I had uh, another horse called Urilla Black, who uh, had 32 races and picked up 30 checks. That's pretty hard to do. Cow <laughs> uh, uh, he never quite, right on the post, he get pipped every time, he ran that many seconds, but uh, he was a good horse. Um, oh, there are a number of others that I, uh, the latest one that I gave away, a really good one, was um, uh, Storm Maid, and she just had a lovely foal. So I'm, I'm hopeful that the, the lady trainer does well with him as well. Yeah, well, good luck on that front. I, I'm, complete, I'm completely out of it now. I've only gave away the last, or gave away, I sold the last horses only three months ago because it's difficult for me to uh, get to the racetrack now. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I, was never a bet, I, I, was, I was never a betting man. I just loved breeding them and racing them. I loved it very much. Well, that's yeah. a bit unusual in itself. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I honestly, honestly was never, I mean, I was a $5 better. That's the best I could ever do. But uh, I uh, certainly enjoyed breeding them. We had a lovely farm at Boddington. And uh, where we kept them all, and it was wonderful. They were wonderful days for my wife and I. It's gone now. I can't can't manage a farm that big now. Mm. It's funny. Uh, different approaches of gamblers. My father was uh, Irishman, so he didn't mind a bet. But in reality, he used to take uh, put five dollars each week on the quadrilla one two one two, and that was it. <laughs> yes. yeah. Right, I better, so, I better pay it off every more than once too. Yeah, occasionally we all got a new pair of shoes every now and then. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> uh, the, um, I mentioned the name change back in March, Thundalara. I don't think uh, I think everyone knows pretty much the story of around the uranium uh, uh, price, and we're all waiting for it to recover. So I guess the idea was uh, the company needed to move on and, uh, with gold, Australian dollar gold at what, 2,200 more or less gold was the, uh, the chosen one as it were. Yes, that's right. Uh, I, I, a very interesting thing about gold. My grandfather was, uh, uh, a chief blacksmith and one of the major mines in Kalgoorlie. And he told me before he died, he, he said, that you got to remember that gold is about the basic wage. And you know what? He was right. It was three pounds fifty fifty shillings then, and it's now about two thousand dollars, which is round about close to the uh, average wage of the people these days. So uh, I've always always remembered that that it's followed the the wage curve up. Mm. And uh, he he was right. Of course, he's been long gone, but he did work on one of the the great mines here as as a boss. It was good. 
Yeah, the other version I've heard many times is uh, the price of a, a good quality man suit, which is probably about right. Not that I'd pay too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a one. Yeah, Barry, that's a wonderful analogy. I must remember that. That's wonderful. That's right. Mm. So the change in uh, direction and uh, the name change hasn't uh, taken off in the market just yet, but that will obviously be driven by uh, expiration results. And I see quite recently you did uh, come out with a, a resource at one of the uh, the projects, uh, Crown Prince, I think it was. Yes, we're going to um, we're going to we're going to mine that as soon as we can, possibly can. Mm. So what's the strategy there? You're not obviously hanging out to find the million. Well, it'd be nice to find one, and you could well find one, but. You're looking uh, for what some small, high-grade deposits, mine them, and what get them toll treated by regional mills. Yeah, well, that'll give us some some uh, capital. But I've got a great faith, great faith in the uh, area up there in the in the Murchison, and I think that um, with the extra, we'll keep looking, keep funding the exploration for a big one. We really are an exploration, uh, always been an exploration in a in a sense, and I think that uh, if we can get a couple of small ones going. We'll eventually find the big one. They'll turn up eventually. Uh, the trouble is, Barry, that the gold exploration has changed. Is gold is no longer found on the surface. There's no. I don't think there's any place in WA that you'll find gold on the surface, payable gold anyway. Most was buried about between one and two hundred metres under the regolith. And uh, on the balance of probabilities, and I believe this, there's at least another two cowgirlies in the state mm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. but they'll be buried beneath the regolith. There's certainly some rogue uh, deposits with 10 million ounces in them. There could be up to 10 of those yet to be found. So there's a lot of hope as techniques and and, uh, and drive for uh, discoveries, changes that WA will, will benefit by some more big discoveries and, and in base metals as well. Things are changing rapidly now. Uh, the realisation has come that you have to, they'll all need to be found under the regolith. Mm. So that means uh, new ways of exploration from the uh, from the old days, anyway. Um, yeah, what new drilling techniques and uh, more electromagnetic technique techniques. Yeah. Mm. So um, if we could just zero in on the, I said the, in the Murchison, but uh, I think Garden Gully and Abbott's uh, gold project, which are joining each other, tell us about their uh, location in relationship to, uh, say, Mikathara. Well, it's a, it's a fragmented greenstone belt that's peeled off of the uh, the fault uh, that runs all the way from down from below Mount Magnet, or well, actually Payne's find all the way through to the uh, end of the uh, Yulgoan uh, Crater, uh, where I think Sandfire uh, start there is in the sediments further up. But the last one discovered was Doray Minerals at uh, Andy Well. That's right on the uh, right on the point uh, right right on the point of that fault zone, but on the uh, on the eastern side of it. So you've got a big chunk of greenstone uh, which has been drilled, uh, been a lot of drilling done there for gold, but we came to the realisation that it was all too shallow and very ineffective. So we've taken the viewpoint that uh, there's at least one or two underground, potential, potentially underground mines there, and uh, I think at least one of them is now under the crown prince, you can see it. So as we mined away the rich top section of it for uh, remove the tonnage. We'll have uh, on display the uh, uh, probably the start of a, an underground decline, and uh, that'll be one. And then we, as we go along, we can keep exploring. Uh, we found a VMS further up, which we've got to keep looking at, but that'll have a bit of gold in it, I think, as well. And then we can start expanding further in the in the district by looking at other other potential um, gold deposits. 
So we've got some ambitious plans for uh, revigorating and re-energising the company, even though we have a lot of paper on issue. And uh, the good news is my brother Rick, the chairman, is shifting to our office tomorrow, so he'll be great help to get me things moving along as well. So, uh, so I'm hopeful that our attitude of uh, enthusiasm and drive and uh, a method of, ex of financing the company ourselves will, will pay dividends for all the shareholders. It's a long game, this, uh, for, for gold, and uh, you've got to remember that more and more people are being born every day, and the demand for all minerals is increasing every day, and Australia has got to speed up its exploration to keep abreast of it now. Mm -hmm. uh, having said that, the, the incentive, uh, $2,200 Aussie gold is a pretty good incentive. You, are you noticing yourself that it's, has it, is Perth on fire now? Or? Well, Barry, I gauge the interest in in, uh, in the amount of drilling rigs that, that are laying idle, and I can tell you at the moment it, it's a very difficult job to get hold of a drilling rig to drill for any sort of minerals, which to me is a fair indication that there's a boom on or a little a boom has at least started in the in the gold mining and base metals end of the, the game in WA, and I think I'm right there. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of uh, drilling contractors now that survived the downturn and had enough of their gear left, and now it's on again. And mm. I expect things to really break through. Gold is a terrific price, you know. That is a terrific price, $2,200 an ounce or thereabouts. In fact, my wife and I have been buying gold, uh, unallocated gold, for a few months now because I had a feeling that it was going to move along. And uh, we've been buying it. Uh, uh, every week we buy some, every week. It's mm. sort of like a compulsory saving for us. Great thing for the Australian industry, but what do you think uh, the, the strength of the gold price is telling us about the, the world in general? Too much paper out there, mate. Too mm. much paper. Um, a good analogy is, in, I think, in America, they want to build a new big aircraft carrier for six or seven billion dollars. They just start the printing press. They don't think about think about backing the dollar with gold. Uh, China thinks about it. Uh, Russia thinks about it. But the Americans and the rest of the world don't think a lot about it. And uh, it was a sad day when we sold our heritage. Uh, Costello sold our heritage for for a song back those years ago. Our gold reserve position is not good at all. Not good at all. Yeah, we don't see much discussion about that. Someone should go back and have a look. I think he sold it for about $280 an ounce, was it? Oh, it was a ridiculous price. It mm. made me feel bad. I mean, my father and grandfather, they worked hard to get that that, that savings and heritage for, for all of Australia and so buyers in Victoria and Queensland, and we just sold it for a song. I thought it was one of the most terrible things. That the uh, And I'm a Liberal supporter, and I really, mm. really, really peed me off, I tell you. Oh. Uh, and uh, I, I haven't forgotten. A lot of guys in the industry haven't forgotten it either. Because mm. it wasn't so much, it was a, pretty much the low point for the gold price, but it was went to the sentiment, if Australia doesn't believe in gold, well, who should? That's right, that's right. But he was wrong, of course, because uh, the China is now the largest producer and uh, is also the largest purchaser of gold. So, uh, And you've got Russia's buying a lot of gold and Americans, are, uh, the um, Germans are called for their gold back and uh, the gold reserves are, are lifting everywhere uh, and the demand is still strong. Somebody wrote to me today and said, well, why why is gold not so popular in Singapore? Well, that's easy to answer. People in Singapore feel really secure, so they don't buy gold. In Hong Kong, they feel insecure, so what do they do? They're buying gold. <laughs> so it's always to do with the security or their, their perceived welfare of their, of their country or what's going to happen. And uh, I think that's right. If people can remember that, 
so Australia's got the smug attitude that everything's pretty right for us. But watch out, watch out. You've got to mm. make sure we're back that dollar some way. Well, I think at the time Peter Costello said, well, we don't need gold because we get the uh, the bond rate in Germany, um, which is probably <laughs> negative now. <laughs> Still, he's in, charge of, here, right. he's in charge of the future fund now and we're not, so uh, good luck to him. Yeah. All right, so just to wrap it up, what uh, in the near term, next three to six months, though, what uh, can shareholders look out for? Well, we found what, what could be a VMS uh, at Government Well, which is right on the very northernmost tip of the Greenstone Belt, Archean Belt, uh, which crashes into the uh, into the granite, or the, or the other way around the granite, the Greenstone abodes the granite. And the first round of drilling indicates that we've got base metals. So there's been some excitement in the company in the next few weeks because we've contracted a drilling rig to drill some 250 metre holes into the magnetic anomalies themselves. and. I've got a really good feeling about it. So if we hit it, well, just bear in mind Sandfire. The shares at Sandfire were down to three cents and they hit that copper deposit, they went to eight dollars. Mm. So uh, I'm not saying we've got a I'm not saying we've got a sand, but that that's how they work. The same happens to Sirius. They found that magnetic anomaly and drilled that Nova and look what they come up with. So there's a bit of excitement and I'm I'm personally going up there to make sure that I'm around when we drill these 250 metre holes, even though I can't walk properly at the moment, but I'll be there because uh, it's very exciting to have made a, a, what's possibly a VMS discovery in the Greenstone Belt. Mm. So, uh, and what's the name of that uh, potential discovery? Government Well. Government right. Well. Mm. It's a, if it is if it is a VMS, it's a what they call a uh, Archean uh, related uh, mm. VMS in the a late stage Archean VMS uh, copper. We've got. We've got the, in the drilling that we did the other day, the, uh, I think it was about 30, 100 metre holes, we got all of the base metals, copper, gold, uh, silver, uh, zinc, lead, uh, all, all the base metals uh, in the, some up to good grade above the uh, target. So we're quite excited about drilling the extra, now down the 250 metres into the targets themselves. Mm. So uh, oh. um, exciting, day, exciting days for the company and... Uh, and a lucky hit for us. So yeah. we can't say definitely it's a VMS yet, but we're pretty close to stating it, I can tell you. Yeah. Okay. No, definitely one to look out for then. Um, so thanks for your time today, Phil, and all the best. And uh, we'll watch with interest as uh, that, uh, that drilling program at the VMS target, uh, near target. And uh, fingers crossed for you. Good luck with it all. Oh, thank you, Barry. And I, I, thanks for, the, for all the uh, chance to make uh, known a few views that I've got as a as an old timer now in the in the mining industry and what I see for the future. Okay. Thank you, Barry. Good. Bye. Bye, Bye for now. Bye.